Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read Acts chapter 10, starting at verse 34, and we'll go to verse 48. And this reading today takes place in the middle of a story, and so let me recap where we've been real quick, because this story is an important turning-the-corner moment for the Jesus movement. Uh, the Jesus movement has primarily, up until this point in time, been a Jewish Reformation movement, so pretty much everyone was Jewish. There have been some Samaritans in the story becoming followers of Jesus, but they're considered close to the Jewish people and religion. They were hated, they were half-breeds, and yet they tried to follow the same God in their own way. But now, here's Peter. God is leading Peter, this follower of Jesus, uh, through the Holy Spirit to visit a Gentile, a non-Jew named Cornelius, who was drawn to God. And God miraculously makes a connection between Peter and Cornelius. And so Peter shows up at Cornelius' home and hears about how God spoke to Cornelius to ask Peter to come to his house. And so here's Peter in the house of a Gentile, an outsider. Peter is in a place he probably thought he'd never be in, but here he is, and he's with a Gentile, someone Peter probably never expected to see embracing or eager to learn about the Jesus life. And so let's pick up the story and hear Peter's response in this unpredictable place. Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 34. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. And then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us, whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, and he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. And then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they've received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Little question for you here. Have you ever put God in a box? Now, of course, he's too big, he's too powerful to actually shove into a box, no matter how big that box is. But have you ever reduced God in your thinking, put limits on him, so he's become predictable, 
safe, easy to control, and even easy to understand. Has God ever surprised you? What if God surprised you in a way that challenged your beliefs and your views about who God is and what you think he does? Peter experienced this deboxing of God in his life. While proclaiming the good news of Jesus to this house full of Gentiles, the Holy Spirit uh, doesn't even seem to wait for Peter to finish his message. And the Holy Spirit just falls upon and fills all those who were listening. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit can't wait to fill these Gentiles that are hungry for God. And so these Jewish believers who came with Peter are blown away that these Gentiles, these outsiders, um, are now given the greatest gift imaginable, the same gift they received. They are given the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. God is living within these people that Peter and his friends had thought were unclean and maybe even unfit in God's sight. And so Peter asked those who traveled with him if they objected to these Gentiles being baptized. In other words, how can we prevent them from joining the Jesus movement? How can we keep them out of the family of God? The Holy Spirit is living within them. And so this is all new. God was knocking down walls. He was crossing barriers. He was busting out of boxes. Joining in God's mission and following his lead will, at times, stretch our nice and tidy thinking and attitudes about who matters to God, about how God works, and about what God does. The Celtic Christians had a nickname for the Holy Spirit. They called the Holy Spirit the Wild Goose. The Wild Goose. The Spirit of God can't be pinned down and made predictable. The Spirit may lead us to places we didn't think we'd ever go and to meet and show love to people we didn't think we'd ever meet or love. (laughs) The Spirit kicks down our boxes of prejudice, and this is what Peter was dealing with, the box of prejudice. You know, God cares more about this particular race, this economic class, this denomination, uh, the, the Spirit kicks down our boxes of forms, you know, that God always seems to act in a particular way, with a particular form, a particular method. We've always done it this way. We should always continue to do it this way. This is how God does it. He doesn't approve of this way. God would never do this. The Spirit kicks down our boxes of self, you know, where we think, you know, God's goal in my life is to make me safe, to make me comfortable, to make me happy to help me control my life. But the Holy Spirit is the wild goose. God knocked down Peter's box of prejudice and belief. And you can hear it when he says, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. For me, I'm hungry to be in a relationship with God in which he, through the Holy Spirit living in me, speaks to me and invites me to follow. I desire to choose to courageously follow him wherever he leads rather than comfortably remaining still and safe. 
I want to experience God, uh, to be surprised by God, to have to learn to depend on God instead of keeping him in a nice, neat, little, tidy box in my beliefs and in my mind. How about you? Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you have that desire within you for the adventure of following the wild goose. (laughs) And so, some questions for us today. What boxes has God been pointing out to you today? What limits have you put on God? How is God challenging you? What is he inviting you into? And will you go on that adventure? The good news is we never go alone. We're led by the very Spirit of God, the presence and power of God. And we get just to show up and play I spy. Where's God at work already so I can join in? And so what's God saying to you? And will you follow? Let's pray together. God, we thank you for inviting us to follow you. We thank you for being bigger than any box we could put you in. We thank you that you're powerful, that you're faithful, that you're good, and that you invite us to join in your good work. And so we say, Holy Spirit, come, fill us afresh, lead us, guide us, and as you speak to us, God, give us the courage to step out and follow. Move us past boredom and safety and comfort and self that we might learn to experience and know you and that we might be able to join in what you're doing. We love you, God. We thank you for giving your very self to us, that we might know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.